0: this week's podcast brought to you by the rockford no anecdote to start this podcast just happy new year everybody make let's make 2022 as good as we can
1: welcome back rebecca
2: welcome back
1: steve Yes, Steve. Welcome back. I forgot my name there for Steve. a second. Steve. Uh, 2022. hmm It's a high number. It is. It's exciting. Is it?
0: Yes. I'm. I'm in a very, I'm in a much better mood now than I was a few days ago, or I'm just in a much better mental place even right now than I was 20 minutes ago before I got a phone call from the vet hospital telling me that, after, how many days ago was Christmas?
1: Well, Christmas was the 25th. We're recording this on January 4th, so 11 days ago, something like that.
0: 11 days ago. Um, our, our, our older dog, Jesse, has been at the emergency vet for the last 11 days, but I'm happy now because I got a call that I can go pick her up and bring her home today.
1: Well, let's start at the beginning. On Christmas Day, your father was coming over. I went out to greet him in the driveway but i held our dog so that he didn't jump up on her she so didn't she jump didn't jump up, up on him. him
0: we weren't worried about him jumping on her we were worried you're, about you're, her the dog jumping on our my do-
1: dad. wait a minute so you're saying our dog is a female and your dad is a male that's right okay. yes okay well thanks for clarifying and that they,
0: and they do i my dad definitely goes by he him okay and i believe jesse goes by she her
1: and uh, But she had no intention of jumping up, which was unusual for her. Instead, when I let her go, she went into the front yard and threw up copiously. She genited. lost
0: the contents of her stomach, as Holly Rowe would yes, say. Yes, she
1: lost the contents of her stomach. She vomited. Mm-hmm. And uh, she wasn't feeling well the rest of the day not you,
0: herself. She wasn't herself.
1: Last I heard you were lying down with her. You were on the couch downstairs. I went to bed.
0: Well, I, I was worried about her. She mm. um, she clearly was trying to be near me, but she didn't have any energy. She you could tell there was something wrong and she was trying to tell me what it was. But I didn't know what it was.
1: You didn't know what it was. All I all I knew from my perspective is I went to bed. I woke up in the morning. You were in bed. And uh, I went about my day, and then I saw—I picked up my phone eventually and, and looked at—I had three texts from you. This One, is December 26th, the December day after 26. Christmas morning. One from 11.30 p.m. saying that you were lying down on the couch with Jesse, our female dog.
0: No, no. The, the 11.30 was letting you know that—
1: 11.30, you let me know that you found a dog hospital to take her to 60 miles away or in New Haven. An
0: hour away, yeah.
1: And then there was a text from— 2 a.m. saying you were coming back from the dog hospital, but leaving Jesse there. And lastly, the last text was from 3 a.m. saying you had arrived home. Could I please let you sleep in? Yes. Which I graciously
0: did. You did graciously. Yeah, so Christmas night is not the time to have a veterinary emergency. Um, I called six hospitals and the first five um, they were 24-hour hospitals they had people there but they said we cannot take this emergency our um, surgeon is is already booked or our surgeons or are already seeing other patients yes this is an emergency for your dog however we cannot see her try this hospital try this hospital try this hospital And so I'm calling all the other hospitals, and um, they are saying the exact same thing. Yes, we have a surgeon here, we have an emergency doctor here, but we already have cases. So finally, when I call this hospital in North Haven, an hour away, and I explain what's going on, and uh, I said, can you see my dog? And the guy said, yes. And he said, I I will
1: see your dog and raise you a cat.
0: And he said, I said, well, I'm an hour away. He said, hang up the phone. Get the dog in the car. It, the, she needs to get here. On your drive, call me back, and we'll take care of the other information that we need from you. So, so yeah, so I, I had just texted you. I'm, I'm feeling very alert. It was weird because do you remember what I when I woke up on Christmas morning, what I said to you? I said, I want one thing for Christmas. Do you remember what I asked for? I don't. I said, at some point this afternoon, I would like a nap. That's correct. I would like to take a nap. So I woke up, my only Christmas wish... I mean, other than of course, enjoying Christmas with our kids and obeying gifts and and all the important things was the only thing I wanted for me was to take a nap. Well, I didn't get the nap and instead at eleven thirty I'm getting in the car to drive. And but I was completely alert. It brought me back to when like our our kids were little and they were sick or like if you went if I went into labor
1: like just seventeen years earlier to the day you had gone into labor and gave birth to our our oldest daughter. Christmas morning, yeah. And once again on Christmas, you're you're in the hospital.
0: Yes, and um, so uh, so anyway,
1: long story short, after
0: multiple surgeries, our dog, her gets small to, intestine
1: is now even smaller.
0: It's 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 a fraction.
1: It's the smallest possible intestine. It's a, it's
0: a very very small intestine now, and she had eaten. There was something in there. We think it was remnants of a Santa hat. She, the, had, she
1: also ate the pom pom off a of New York Giants hat, yes. and once again, the New yes. York Giants uh,
0: are responsible, for, responsible a for, for misery. Yes, exactly. And um, so, anyway, we—I get to go pick her up um, today, and I'm very, very, very happy about that.
1: I thought you were going to say the reason your mood has improved over the last few days is because you're no longer on vacation. Because you did tell me. When we were walking our other dog on vacation that the problem with vacation for you is you don't feel like you've accomplished anything at the end of the day (laughs) which i think is the whole point of vacation
0: right well and i said that too i said it's weird for me because usually at the end of a day i'll have accomplished a fair amount on vacation while it was delightful we were sleeping in we only had one dog to wake us up um, we were sleeping way more than usual, and um, especially with the way COVID is like, you know, been in Connecticut. It's not like we were going out and about and partying. Basketball
1: practices and games were canceled. Cance,
0: basketball. Well, we wouldn't have. We didn't have practices scheduled, but we did have a tournament canceled. So um, yeah, there was a lot of just like chilling, and
1: uh, not your not your uh, not what I typically do. Zone.
0: No, I loved it. It was. It made it feel like vacation. But yet, it's weird. There is a part of me that has, like, I don't know if I could do that if it was um, not a vacation. Like, if it wasn't, like, this is a prescribed winter break for the kids, They're home. It's clear that this is supposed to be a vacation. Like, if it was some random week in February, I would have a hard time, like, not accomplishing stuff. And accomplishing just meaning, you know, laundry and paying bills and just, like, and cleaning and... Watching game film, I just feel like all of those things I have to do a little bit every
1: day. Well, it bodes well for our uh, empty nest. <laughs> I know retirement our retirement. Although I did really well with it in COVID, right? You'll Ooh. have to take in other people's laundry. We,
0: we did great during COVID. We did puzzles. We did we did more fun. Read books. They're, they're still accomplishing things, but they were just uh, accomplishing leisure.
1: I mean, let me let me let me pause and try to remember what it was like during COVID. Since since it's so well in our past. Well, you know
0: what I mean, like during the like massive COVID shutdown. I didn't get my nap on Christmas, fine, out of my hands, but it was a pretty lovely gift for me to give you, to not bother you with the stress and the heartache of my 11.30 p.m. to 3 a.m.
1: I, I would have happily... You got a good
0: night's sleep. You didn't have to, like... Which was the intent. Like, what's the point of, like, making somebody else suffer through this? I, you don't need two people to, no, to, I, to do this task. So. They
1: would have happily driven the dog in. No,
0: I, uh, Yeah, I'm not saying that. I'm saying, but, like, it, that was my gift to you, was the peace of mind of a good night's sleep, not knowing that all of this other nonsense was
1: happening. And I appreciate it. I can tell.
0: <laughs> and we talked... Um, you know, when when we were first in the covid lockdown and it was hard to find toilet paper and it was hard to find paper towels. And if a friend found them at, or a grocery store had them, you'd get like the text saying, you know, you know, race to this store because they have them. You know what is the new paper towel slash toilet paper is the covid at home test, especially over Christmas, where people were you know trying to test before they got together with family or their kids. Or contact traced at school and people, you know, you're, you can't get actual tests in labs anywhere. So you're just hoping that you might have a chance to find one of these at-home rapid tests to, to give to family members. That, I, I did have a friend over the break who texted me and said, ooh, they have them at the Big Y in Simsbury. So, uh, so you always tests, have to be just a, head there to get them.
1: There will always have to be a COVID uh, commodity. Last week it was cream cheese. Did we talk about that? We did, yes. And um, so the big hole in the shelf was uh, toasted crackers. There was a big toasted crackers-shaped hole on the grocery shelves. Plenty of club crackers, plenty of Ritz crackers. But you've been a toasted crackers person. Well, so I, got, what I brought home the like. club crackers, yeah. and the kids loved the Keebler they do. club crackers. The, Say that three times fast.
0: The other thing was uh, juice boxes. You can find plenty of bottles of juice, but juice boxes that you like to, or the juice pouches that we put in a couple of the kids' lunches, those have been hard to come by. The, the Capri Suns. Yes.
1: You stab a, a, a straw into them like you're doing a tracheotomy.
0: Yep, and often it goes through both sides, and then you've just totally screwed you've got up. A, and you've
1: got a you've got a, a, a kiwi, raspberry sprinkler.
0: Yes. Or. You know that's one of the mistakes with a juice box or juice pouch. The other one is packing it in a kid's lunch, and you didn't realize the straw had fallen off so they've got a pouch of juice, a thirsty throat and and we'll find a loose no straw
1: somewhere in the kitchen or f- floor yeah, of the car but if
0: you're but if you're like out if you're at the beach and you've packed one or if you're if they're at school and they they're not quite as resourceful. They just come home with the full yeah, pack but, of juice. Yeah, but I mean, I think
1: I think the experienced uh, juice box hero can can bite a hole in the in the foil and squeeze the contents down their gullet.
0: I don't know that our children are that experienced. You'll have to teach them that.
1: I mean, it's a survival skill. <music> On New Year's, our daughter asked. She had a couple people sleeping over and asked if um, we could get the Martinelli's, what is it, sparkling, sparkling cider. cider. Yeah. comes in a champagne bottle-looking kind of a thing, and uh, it's sort of the candy cigarette of, of champagne, wouldn't you say?
0: Yeah, that's a perfect description.
1: But it's delicious. Very good. We've had multiple varieties of it, but, uh, but she also asked for, uh, is it grenadine, the red stuff to make a Shirley Temple with? Yes. And she said... Not not wrong that um, the Shirley Temples taste better when you have that tiny circumference straw that comes with it. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? I do. But we didn't have of those.
0: We didn't have those, Though she's no. she's was enjoying her grenadine and Sprite and cherry. Is that the three ingredients? Maraschino to cherry. It, to t- Shirley Temple.
1: Um, and, uh, and it's true. You know, it's like when you would buy a, a can of soda usually warm from a newsstand in New York when there were newsstands mm-hmm. and they would give you a paper wrapped bendy straw with it nobody drinks soda from a can through a straw but I did in those circumstances right. because it just it was that's the way it is meant yeah, to be any
0: time you have something in a low ball glass it's, whether it's soda or a drink and there's ice there you want to stir it with the little straw well, that's a, now we're talking about a little, swizzle stick little sips from that same straw but it's a, it's the same idea
1: ordinarily i like i like a straw with a a larger circumference
0: how do you feel about the the new straws the environmentally friendly evaporating straws well, clearly, that you don't even get to the bottom of your drink with I, th- them.
1: I think better for the world and, and worse for the drinking experience yes true. how do you feel about the straw that has the little shovel at the bottom when you're when you're drinking oh, a shake
0: I love those or like I, I, I don't use those for shakes but I remember as a kid like with a slush puppy or, or what were those things called like like a blizzard a slushy or an icy yeah, and you would um not so much a not so much a Blizzard, or an ice cream drink, but more like the frozen you know the ones you get at the gas station or the five and dime. Nothing Those was were great. The
1: best uh, straw related experience, and and I didn't realize we were going to devote time to straws, but we're here. Let's do it. Was chocolate milk through a crazy straw through a a, a clear crazy straw as a kid. Did yes. you ever have that? Of course. Any colorful liquid. It looked like a... Uh, like, like an IV in a mad scientist lab on a TV show where it was, you know, you'd, you'd see it coming and then you'd, and you'd stop, stop it halfway up.
0: Yeah. And then blow bubbles as well. The problem, of course, are those straw is that those straws are the most difficult to clean because they've got the parts that go horizontal now you're in, thinking, in the thing. Now, and now then, you're thinking and, like and there's a, milk. No, now I'm thinking like a mom who cleans right, the straw. Right, right. So the delight was when you're a kid and you're drinking the milk through the straw. And now you have to clean the clean the straw or you throw away the straw because you thought the straw was clean and the next time you take it out you realize there's still some milk gunk in there like, and it's no longer just usable.
1: think when you've cleaned the straw like that after much labor the sense of achievement you have at the end of the day <laughs>
0: <laughs> you're right i do get i do have a sense of slight achievement when i've done dishes do you not
1: no i i absolutely have a accomplishment like
0: oh Look at those dishes over there drying. They're of only clean because of me. Of course. They but used I, to be in the sink. Now they're on the counter. There's a sense of accomplishment.
1: I get there. the same sense of achievement reading a book on vacation or or watching season three of the Rockford Files on See, vacation.
0: I, I don't. I enjoy binge watching stuff and watching stuff, but I don't get a sense of achievement or accomplishment when I'm doing that. On the I contrary, have that. you have a sense of guilt. I do. Yes. I feel like there are so many other things I could be doing that that would be accomplishments, and instead I'm watching another episode of Season 3 um, of Dawson's Creek. Well,
1: I, I would get no sense of achievement watching Season 3 of Dawson's Creek, so that's that's where I make a distinction. While I'm watching Season 3 of The Rockford Files, 1976, and it's phenomenal, 22 episodes, one hour each. Uh, I think that was peak network television uh, and James Garner is just phenomenal but while I'm doing that I'm I'm watching it on my iPad while riding the stationary bike and the sense of achievement I get from doing that is watching the Rockford files if I had to it's give up, it's not riding the pedalette it's, it's that that's that's something that keeps me ocup- keeps my feet occupied while I'm watching Rockford the only way I get through that uh, the, the exercising is by watching the Rockford and can I just say this about... You call it
0: the Rockford? <laughs> the Rockford. <laughs> Did anyone else ever call it no, the Rockford? No, I'm it's the first what, person. My sense of achievements comes from watching the Rockford. <laughs> so
1: <laughs> that's also my, my favorite kind of cheese. Oh, that's the Roquefort. But uh, what I love about it, I mean, I love many things about it, but my favorite thing about it, okay, so Jim Rockford, as everybody knows, lives in a trailer on Cove Road in Malibu on the beach in a parking lot next to a restaurant right
0: see I remembered because I, I watched that a little bit when I was a kid I remembered him living in a trailer I didn't re- remember it being on the beach in Malibu
1: yeah this is this is not what I love about it I, I love all that I loved the Southern California in 1976 it was the sort of peak uh, of California capturing my imagination and all that the summer before I went out there for the first time in 1977 and he's got the butterscotch colored uh, uh, firebird all that stuff but what, what I love about it is he lives on the beach in Malibu in a, in a filthy – the, the exterior of the trailer is filthy. It, I don't know why they wouldn't have power washed it, but mm. that was part of the, the deal. But living on a beach in the trailer, he, every day he puts on a blazer, slacks, dress shirt, and dress shoes to go about his business.
0: Is he like a certified private? investigator? He's a licensed
1: private investigator and, a, and an ex-con. Yes.
0: An ex-con. Yeah, and that's why he's living in the trailer. Correct. By the beach?
1: Yes. Well, I mean, the, the, those trailers by the beach now go for a couple of million dollars, but um, so
0: does his, his does his experience as an ex-con. Does he still have like, guys who give him tips?
1: Angel, the, of course, Angel, okay. um, and his buddies with Dennis. The, the, it, the police sergeant and of course his father rocky lives nearby and and of course uh beth does his davenport father
0: rocky live in a house or an apartment yes or beth
1: what? davenport his 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 attorney always bails him out of uh the legal hot water and files various motions while he's off uh usually getting in a fist fight with with the bad guys but um but he always does so in a blazer almost always does so in a blazer and like wingtips impressive and, and i'm sorry we don't have time for a season three recap of dawson's creek so let's <laughs> just uh let's just move on i
0: never watched dawson's creek when it came out i was uh, that was late 90s early 2000s um but i i am i am enjoying it now it's a guilty pleasure
1: that's you enjoying pacey
0: pacey dawson joey all of them
1: is joey uh, the one who married tom cruise yes katie holmes katie Holmes. I'm, yeah. And one of them climbs through the window, right? That's her, yeah. She climbs through the window? She
0: climbs through Dawson's window, yes. Oh, really? Not in season, not in season four, but in seasons one and two, yeah.
1: And is Dawson's Creek in North Carolina?
0: It's in Cape Side, Massachusetts, Cape Cod. It's, but in, it, it it's takes in Cape place Cod? in Cape Cod. Really? But it was filmed in North Carolina. I think North
1: Carolina. But they claim it's Cape Cod.
0: Oh, yeah. It's Cape Cod all the way no idea. Our oldest daughter,
1: she told me last night.
0: She has watched season 1 of Dawson's Creek and she's like, "You know, mom, now since you've been watching it, I'm going to go and start watching some of the other seasons. It'll give us something more to talk about when uh when we're driving in the car." Other than she she always gives me an education in the m- music she's listening to now, but we can also talk about Dawson's Creek. That's, that's touching. <laughs>
1: Maybe it? I'll see if our, I can get our son to watch The Rockford. Okay. <laughs> I bet
0: you could. Would it teach him how to rip the corner off a juice box? Uh, Something uh, that uh, didn't and, and exist yet? You can
1: give a tracheotomy to the Capri son? Yes. It might. We watched r- The Rocky movies together. Now the natural evolution is The Rockford Files. Rocky from 1976, The Rockford Files from 1976. B-
0: you mean The Rockford? The, ro-
1: <laughs> the Rockford and The Rocky.
0: Son, this is the real The Rock.
1: We can, uh, we can sit down. He can, he can watch my stories with me. Mm.
0: Yeah, you know, We talked about the excitement of Christmas night. Well, exciting for me. We didn't talk about the excitement of Christmas Eve or the near, what could have been the excitement of Christmas Eve. We had taken a home test. We were going over to my sister's to celebrate Christmas Eve and also our oldest daughter's birthday. And as we're driving over there, do you remember what I said to you?
1: You said, can you just let me take a nap today?
0: <laughs> no. I said, I think I left a candle burning. Oh, you did, yes. In the house. and But we were probably a half hour from home. People are counting on us. So we're going to watch Mass at my sister's house. We're going to watch a live stream of Mass, of Christmas Eve Mass. So we couldn't really turn around. So as I'm thinking about what to do, I text our neighbor across the street who whose daughter has taken care of our dogs in the past so knows how to get into the house and said if you guys are around on christmas eve would you mind terribly going across the street and blowing out the candle not only blowing out the candle but of course where was the candle the candles in the downstairs bathroom nice cinnamon smelling candle (laughs) but can you please go blow out the candle that's burning in our downstairs bathroom.
1: And they they did. They did. God Be- bless them.
0: Because that's the kind of people they are.
1: And they didn't want our house burning down and possibly torching their house. Yeah,
0: that that could have been part of it as well.
1: So that was our Christmas, but uh, I think we're burying the lead here because over the holidays, actually just in, in, the, in the last day or two, we got our first, we're going to break for our first kid report from our kid reporter julianne all news all the time this is Ten Ten wins you give us 22 minutes we'll give you the world you got a minute in the (gasps) house you give you give you give her 22 minutes she'll give you the world right right or more like one minute in this case but let's hear julianne's kid report do you
2: Off your peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. No. Okay. Since you do not, how do you feel about people cutting the crust off their peanut butter sandwiches? I think they do what they like, and it's okay. Thank you. May I quote? May I quote you on this? Yes, you may. Thank you. Do you cut the crusts off your peanut butter and jelly sandwiches? No. You do not. No. How do you feel about people cutting the crusts off? It's their their choice. Okay. Their sandwich, their choice. Okay. Um, may I quote you on this, please? Sure. Thank you. Do you cut the crusts off your peanut butter and jelly sandwich?
0: It depends on the bread. Okay. If it's really good bread, I'll leave the crust on. Okay. If it's just okay bread, then I'll cut the crust
2: okay. off. Okay. And do you cut the crusts off before or after you make the sandwich? I, I make the sandwich first. And then I cut the crust off. Okay. Thank you. May I quote you on this? Yes, you may. Thank you. Do you cut the crusts off your peanut butter and jelly no. sandwiches? No, no. You do not. Okay. How do you feel about people who cut the crusts off? I think it's weird. Okay. Thank you. May I quote you on this? Yes. Thank you. And finally, I interviewed my science teacher who said, I do not. I think it's weird.
0: What kind of a person cuts the crusts off a sandwich? That seemed to be the
1: a weirdo. That's right, who does it. Right, people the, are weird. I, let, I, I just, was
0: surprised that the, the what was the ratio? It's like seventy-five percent don't ever cut it off, and then you had the one the one person who, if the bread's not a good quality, will cut it off.
1: Well, first of all, I we, a lot
0: more people cut the crust off their PB and J.
1: First of all, thank you, Julianne. Of
0: course, yes, thank you.
1: Incredible reporting, hard hitting. I love the courtesy of may I quote you on this, and I love the uh, I love the response: "Their sandwich, their choice." <laughs> I think that's a slogan that should be on a sign. Yes. But I mean, just as a as a as a as a dogged her, reporter, We asked her to do this. Gave her an assignment.
0: Yeah, and she came through. Nailed it. Yep, yeah, completely.
1: Uh, didn't identify herself. She's not out there for the glory.
0: She, yeah, you're right. Asked, She's not saying, this is Julianne. Earlier today, I spoke to so-and-so. Right. Then later, I spoke to so-and-so. She keeps herself out of it. Ask,
1: asked the questions you asked her to ask about yes. the slicing bread, but then asked some great open-ended questions about how do you feel about people who cut yeah. their crusts off. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. this is sideline reporting 101.
0: It's phenomenal, Holly it really Rowe. Is. Watch out,
1: Julianne. Thank you.
0: You've aced assignment number one. Now we just have to think of assignment number two because you crushed this one. We might have to raise the degree of difficulty for her, though. We're,
1: she's not going to be our kid reporter for long. She's going to be. Oh, she's moving on to bigger. Yeah, and better absolutely. Things. But um, but we're grateful for that kid report. For sure. Shall we get to viewer mail?
0: We
3: shall. <laughs> Take that throw
1: our lure, reel us in with your pure mail. It's piled up a little bit over the holidays, and um, there was no sense of achievement in, in opening them over the holidays, so let's take a look at what we've got. Um, this one came in before Christmas, actually. It's from Michelle, OG listener and completionist.
0: Hello, Michelle.
1: Michelle with one L.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Hello, Stevia, and Happy I like that. Hello, Restivia, and Happy Holidays to you. Interesting info on the color change of the plus sign in your logo. Remember, we said that the uh,
0: Red Cross wasn't having wasn't any red crosses, it. so it's Blue Cross now.
1: Uh, Michelle writes, "I'm honored to have both a magnet and a coaster with the original color. It reminds me of a shirt I got many years ago. As an alum of the University of South Carolina, who attended in the late '80s, early '90s, I was." A Hootie and the Blowfish fan before their big break, enjoying their music at local bars and music venues on a monthly basis. That's right; that's where they got their, mm-hmm. their start. In addition to mixed cassettes, one of their merch items was a shirt that played on the Dr. Seuss book title saying "One Fish, Two Fish, Red Fish, Blowfish." And as they got more famous, got in trouble and had to stop producing it. <laughs> fortunately, Sweet. fortunately, we haven't gotten big. Right. And don't have to recall her, her mug or T-shirt right. just yet, right? As always, enjoy the show and hope that Rebecca can make it back to Columbia for a game this season. Uh, Michelle, OG listener completionist. because Michelle,
0: I was supposed to be in Columbia for the Stanford game, but then um, with the way COVID was, I called it from Bristol, but I am supposed to be back in Columbia a couple more times this year. I think the first one will be when they play UConn. Um, that's either, I think that's late January, the last Thursday of January. I should be. Back in Columbia to call a game. We saw It'll us. be nice to have a friendly face. There's a lot of South Carolina fans I think that don't like me, so I'll look for Michelle because it um, sounds like that what? would be a, f- a friendly person to see. She's
1: an OG listener and a completionist, but she didn't say she liked you. Oh,
0: that's that's a fair point. That's a fair point.
1: Uh, R plus S writes Mark in Wisconsin. R plus S. Initially, I was pretty excited to learn that my much sought after ball and chain swag is now probably even more valuable. Attached is a shot of my ball and chain fridge magnet with the original plus sign in glorious red. There it is. But when I thought about it more, I wondered if I should be nervous. I occasionally see Red Cross vehicles driving around the area. I had always assumed they were simply delivering life-saving blood donations. But now I wonder if they also patrol neighborhoods somehow able to know their trademark logo has been usurped for other purposes. After all, Here's their warning on their website, and he includes, includes a cut-and-paste warning from the Red Cross website. The Red Cross emblem and American Red Cross name and logo are federally protected and registered marks of the American National Red Cross and protected under United States Code Title 18, Section 706.
0: Hmm. Not Se- Section 706.
1: Uh, Title 18, Section 706, Row 9, Seat 2. <laughs> I always knew your pod was entertaining. I never knew it was also living on the legal edge, which apparently now I am too. Your resident trademark scofflaw, Mark in Middletown, in, in Wisconsin.
0: Mark, just make sure you can't. You, it's not visible through a uh, through a window.
1: Well, we also perhaps perhaps our, our patent attorney, Ed in Maryland, uh, will weigh in the, weigh in on this at some point when he catches up to. Uh,
0: but that's a patent. This that's we're talking trademark here.
1: That's true. Uh, uh, Colleen sends, uh, two photos, no text, two photos, and this is unbelievable, given Julianne's, uh, report today. It's a sandwich decruster and sealer. It's a, it's a, look at this thing, Rebecca. It's sort of like a, a cookie cutter. But made you
0: to p- take the crusts
1: off your sandwich? Absolutely. So and, it comes
0: off like a picture frame.
1: And sealer. So the back of it reads, you can pack anything... In a pocket, one fill it, two cut it, three decrust it, four eat it. Um, interesting, weird, but you know what? I Is think it like kids as would love seen this.
0: Seen on TV, that has to be something that was. It so looks like so it would have been seen on TV, but
1: it's it's a it's basically like a a, squ- a squareish cookie cutter that will decrust your sandwich, and then uh, cuts and seals sandwiches in seconds. Made by Big Leaf L E E F. Do you think
0: you'd feel like more? Or less sense of accomplishment using that than just using an old-fashioned knife to decrust your bread.
1: Uh, oh, I think that it would be more fun to do it this way. Yeah, I think you're right. Because I would also I'm also uh, potentially losing a finger when I, when I when I cut the crusts off the other way. John in Georgia writes, Hi, Stephen Rebecca. I wanted to wish you and, and your family a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Thank you for your weekly podcast and sharing your lives with us. I look forward to listening in 2022. Stay safe and be well. John in Snellville. Thank you, John. Thank you, John. That was nice. I was waiting. I'm always waiting for the other shoe to drop in those emails. Oh, I know. You know? But, but there was no but, which is nice. This comes from Myra. Myra writes, Greetings, tall people. The hello, conver- Myra. hello, hello, Myra. Uh, the conversation that the last couple weeks about height mostly went right over my head, but I can't help but comment about the tall people's club offering of tips for being tall in a short world. I guess tall and short are relative terms because, from my viewpoint, it is definitely not a short world. In addition to the usual difficulty in finding clothes that fit and not being able to reach things, there are many things that tall people probably haven't considered. For example, I've had a hard time finding furniture because the seat cushions on most sofas and chairs are too deep. So I can't bend my knees and my legs pop straight out. Just call me Edith Ann, or I sink in so far that I need to make an old person sound, oy, and give myself a boost in order to stand. Or I have to take a running start and jump in order to sit in a in <laughs> a counter high s- in a counter height stool. So Rebecca, think of those things first of all. The, this the depth world
0: was made for the average heighted
1: person. Couch depth is yeah. something you rarely consider.
3: Mm.
1: In fact, I I, I I only consider it when when it's too shallow. Right right? Also writes Meyer, in addition to the lack of availability of height or lack thereof height conscious products, there are other things that are simply a fact of life that people who are not short probably aren't aware of. Since there are a couple resident experts who have mentioned they are cyclists, here's an example. With the frame geometry of some smaller bikes, the front tire and the pedal overlap when the pedal is at the front of the rotation. This requires having to constantly think and be aware to make sure your feet are in the correct position when turning the front wheel so that foot and tire Don't bump and cause a crash. Remembering to think, especially on a long ride, can be a challenge. Huh. If tall people think it's a short people's world and short people think it's a tall people's world, whose world is it? Asks Myra. Medium people? It's all about perspective, I guess. Still enjoying and relating to things through all 195 episodes, Myra, you're a little-legged completionist resident librarian. You're a little-legged completionist resident librarian.
0: Has she told us before how... Her dimensions,
1: how tall she is. No, but I, I insist all future viewer males come with come with, with, with the right. the correspondence dimensions.
0: <laughs> I these are we need to know your height and your wingspan. That's it.
1: But what an eloquent! Oh,
0: and after the Beatles conversation, your height, your wingspan, and your shoe size. But, but
1: what an eloquent uh, uh, line there! If tall people think it's a short people's world, and short people think it's a tall people's world, whose world is it?
0: Right, you know the this short and tall people's worlds collided. On New Year's Eve, when I was at the grocery store and I'm walking down and a woman said, excuse me, can you help me? She's a younger woman, but and not particularly short, but not tall like me. The very tippy top shelf was, the, was it the grenadine that we were talking about earlier. And she said, would you grab that for me? And there were two bottles left. And I said, this is perfect. I said, because I need one of these and I had no idea where it was in the store. So I gave her her bottle and I took mine. And, um, and we wished each other a happy new year. And uh, I was telling this story, um, I think, to my sister or someone, and she was like, you should have just taken both. <laughs> yes. Oh, I was looking for that. Let me take both of these. I'm sorry. Now they're all gone. <laughs> or,
1: or, or dangled it just out of jumping range. <laughs>
0: right. Right. That would have been lovely. But we had a nice little short person, tall person exchange. I, I needed to know where it was. She needed me to get it down. Boom. Both of our New Year's Eve's were slightly better. for for our brief encounter.
1: It's a lovely uh, grocery store encounter. It is. almost Almost Fogelbergian. Yes. The the greatest grocery store encounter since Dan Fogelberg met his old lover in the frozen food aisle. I remember. Snow was falling Christmas Mm -hmm. Eve. Uh, Hi, Restiva writes, Ralph, the best experiential gift I have received was a ticket to the UConn-Maryland women's hoops game at the Xfinity Center in College Park, Maryland on 11-15-13. It was my 62nd birthday on the 16th. None other than Pam Ward and Rebecca were on the call. Do you remember this game, Rebecca? I was
0: going to say, I think I was on the call. The for Seattle that game.
1: Storm fan in the stands and I had a great time. The Terps fans did not. Could Coach Emeritus McGraw watch the archive of the game and find the UConn bias, writes Ralph. Her superiors <laughs> well at ESPN there, should assign her that task. Does Blue Cross slash Blue Shield have a problem with the blue plus sign? Happy New Year, Ralph. That's a question that's not asked. He asked if
0: they could find the, the witch bias.
1: The uh, UConn bias.
0: Well, because Pam Ward, of course, is a Maryland grad, so they may have found the. Yeah, but but, but bias. she's also
1: so professional in her duties that she doesn't exhibit bias during games. Of course, she doesn't. It's a it's a lazy argument uh, from um, people who say, "What school did you go to? Therefore, you're biased towards that school." Right. But uh, but it's not an uncommon one in, in sports writing. Anyway, uh, Hannah uh, from Cannes, hannah hello hannah writes hey steve and rebecca happy new year i will admit up front that i'm a few episodes behind thanks what oh i know thanks to final exams and my attempt to have some screen free family time around the holidays so apologies in advance if i ask slash mention something you've already covered recently i've had two moments in the last month or so when i thought about you guys the first being today when my dad handed me a rebecca lobo trading card apparently my uncle found it looking through some old trading cards this summer and knew i'd enjoy it looks to be a post-UConn pre-WNBA card. I'd love to get it signed if you wouldn't mind, Rebecca. I think I still have the address to your P.O. box if that's a good place to send. Only if it's convenient.
0: Of course.
1: The other time was while hanging out with Connecticut College's newest assistant coach, Bill Sully Sullivan. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Also known as Jennifer Rosati's husband. He is awesome, as I'm sure you know if you've met him, and recently published his second book, which has a lot of Shakespeare and English writing stuff, which made me think, how many former UConn women's basketball players now are married to writers? Pretty sure coach Sully and Steve think on the same wavelength from my limited knowledge of both of you. Kind of a funny coincidence. And in fact, we have Sully's book. Yes. Uh, we look forward to reading Sully's book. Yes. It's set, uh, the first chapter, which I've read and thoroughly enjoyed is set in a bar, uh, discuss patrons, discussing basketball and the bard. So, uh, it is in my wheelhouse uh, Sully is on the same wavelength and, uh, And we have met because we're friends. Yes. Rebecca, anything to add?
0: Hannah's lucky. Spend as much time as you can with Sally. He's a good one.
1: Anyways, writes Hannah, hope you and your family are doing well. I know college applications are set to be done soon. My younger brother is a senior in high school, so extra positive thoughts to your oldest daughter. The college admissions process can be so brutal. All the best, Hannah from Conn. Thank you, Hannah. The college admissions process is, is proceeding apace. Rebecca, it's gathering, it's gathering momentum. It's, uh, it's, it's, the field is well, the narrowing. The
0: application process is over. Fortunately, every place she applied to, she did early. So now it's.
1: She's still applying to one more place, but. Yes, yeah, she's honest. still
0: applying to one more. Um, we've, she's received um, answers, letters, acceptances. Emails, I believe they emails are. Emails with confetti. That's what the schools do now. If you get in, congratulations! And the email has confetti coming down, which the, the kids seem to enjoy. And um, so now she's got to figure out where she wants to go.
1: Stephen Rebecca writes, uh, Lori, one of the many Lori viewers, uh, and Ross. Lori Ross, tough schist, married to Stone Curtis. This is how we distinguish. And and I I appreciate that the viewers tell us which one they are. Right. So she is Lori, one of the many Lori viewers, Ross, tough schist, married to Stone Curtis. Mm -hmm, I'm following. Stephen Rebecca, uh, happy new year. I had to send a message about puzzles. Over the holiday, my daughter and I put together three puzzles. One was 2,000 pieces. Wow, that's that's.
0: That's a Let's hefty puzzle.
1: And the others were 1,000. I'm including a picture of one that had an extra piece. Do you want me to send it to you? It might be one of your missing pieces. That's a good chance. An uh, An extra, extra piece. piece. You know somebody's missing a piece from another of those puzzles, right?
0: Unless it wasn't brand new. Maybe it was a puzzle that had been done before, and somebody found a piece and just threw it in the box.
1: It's a sky piece with blue sky and lots of clouds. Also, you can see in the picture the new puzzle board that she received as a gift. It has four drawers that can be pulled all the way out, and the board can be set aside as needed. It's a nifty design. It's called a wooden puzzle plateau, and the brand is Bits and Pieces. And look at this picture. I mean, that is some serious puzzling accoutrement, Rebecca. Uh, a board big enough to to hold that puzzle and and drawers. So what your usual method is to get uh, flat cookie sheet baking trays mm-hmm. and and sort puzzle pieces onto those trays. They can they're easily moved. So does this but they're come with like a puzzle spilled. cabinet? That uh, is a cabinet. See, it's it's it has a it has a, a drawer. It has drawers
0: made specifically for puzzles.
1: Yeah. Oh, can you put the completed puzzle in the drawer? Are you saying? Yeah. Like like slide it off the table on a pizza peel and then and then slide it into the oven into the I I don't know. And at what temperature would you bake that puzzle? This
0: will be my. This is how I'll accomplish things in retirement because I'll do puzzles, and then I'll I'll like all right. Let's get rid of this little cabinet that has whatever in it. I want we need to get the cabinet for the puzzler. I did, too, over vacation a couple of times ask our youngest when she would say, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? And I said, do you want to do a puzzle? We can do a puzzle together. She never bit on that. She wasn't She wasn't wanting to do a puzzle with me.
1: Because it's, it's not a finite uh, thing. It's it's yeah, Although she, true. She, she received and did Lego over the break, yeah. and that's also not a finite thing, but, but she completed those. Uh, I should have, uh, Dr. Siegel sent in a tweet from Marion Webster on Twitter, uh and the word of the day was palindromes, and I should have I should have acknowledged that uh, right after we got the email from Hannah, of course, whose first name is a palindrome. Uh, Ken writes, "Dear Stephen, Rebecca, Happy New Year! Uh, in the, I'm the same age as Steve, and I always wanted to learn how to play the piano. I learned to type yes on a typewriter when I was in seventh grade, and I absolutely fell in love with the keyboard, especially when I upgraded to a computer. Typing was like music to my ears. I even became an entrepreneur in college, typing term papers for students in my dorm." believe it or not, I was the only person in my entire dorm with a computer. No hard drive, just two floppy disk drives in my junior year. Well, Ken, because we're the same age, I can believe it because nobody had a computer when I was in college. Mm -hmm. I always thought I would be really good on the piano because I loved the computer keyboard so much. Well, this Christmas, my wife gave me the wonderful gift of piano lessons. I'm a bit intimidated because I was a drummer in the school band. I even played in the Yukon marching band. Who doesn't love the Yukon Husky fight song? But being a drummer, I only needed to learn the beats, not the notes, so it will be interesting to see how these piano lessons go. Ken, I can tell you, you're way ahead of me because you were a drummer in the band. You, had, you played a musical instrument. You had read music at some point, or at least been around other musicians. I, I was not only uh, anti-musical, I, 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 I was, I was a, a black hole of musical knowledge.
0: You do, though, have this uncanny ability-slash-talent to always, if we're listening to a song, and if you start s- snapping your fingers, offbeat, always offbeat, and not even offbeat like on the perfectly upbeat, upbeat. instead of the downbeat, but like it'll be, it, you somebody could not try to be as offbeat in an inconsistent way <laughs> as you are,
1: which is a kind of consistency.
0: It's it's it's, it's I don't know it's um. It's, it's, savant-ish it's remarkable in its, in its yeah. awfulness.
1: <laughs> it's savantish in its awfulness. Yes. Well, thank you. Uh, I'll take that as the only compliment you're ever going to give me about my piano playing. <laughs> Having listened to Steve's Christmas songs over the past two years on the podcast, writes Ken, I'm inspired to overcome my fears and learn a new skill I never tried before. Maybe we can do a duet next Christmas, Steve. Thanks, Ken. Ken, you're on. We'll do a duet next Christmas if we can get two dueling pianos uh, might somewhere. have
0: to be a Zoom duet. A duet? Yes.
1: Uh, we'll, we'll do a duet next Christmas, and, and I promise you, I promise you, I mean, if your experience is anything like mine, you will love it. It'll be your favorite half hour of the week, the lesson. Um, I, I, I love playing the piano badly because... Previously, I couldn't play the piano. No, at all. you
0: play the piano well. You just snap your fingers badly. I
1: I don't I don't. But you play the piano. Uh, you become, become, become a you become a nice I, piano I player. I love this imaginary me, who snaps his fingers to songs. You do sometimes. Hey, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Sinatra. I'm wearing a fedora, <laughs> and uh, I mean you do I,
0: sometimes snap your fingers. Even, I I would like to be that guy. Even if it's just like in, in a mocking way. You still do it on occasion. Okay.
1: Uh, finally. Finally. DGS is in the house. In the his house? In, 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 in everybody's house. And uh, let's see how his holidays went. Dear Rebecca and Steve, writes Dr. Gary Siegel, your idea of a podcast consisting of viewer mail interspersed with commentary was a real winner. I was laughing throughout the podcast and was reminded of the large number of commonalities we all share. That's why the podcast has such a loyal following. Kudos to Menti to mentee Denny for having gotten the wheels in motion for the pod. And similarly, how lucky was Denny to get a wise and famous author with, with an unexcelled penchant for trivia and wordplay as a mentor? I wonder who Denny's mentor was. Sounds like Stephen King or somebody. Do you
0: think, yeah. How long does it take Dr. Siegel to figure out which French word he's going to put I, in I don't you. know, but I, I love that he does it. <laughs> I love that he does it too. He's, 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 but he's, he's, he's raising, we're trying to lower the degree of difficulty for his weekly correspondence, and he is now raising his yes, own yes. level but of is. But
1: he's our continental Formula One-loving uh, uh, bon vivant. And, and so he uses words like penchant, Yeah, penchant. Mm-hmm. Ready? So with no further ado, Or is it no further adieu, Rebecca?
0: It's whatever you want it to be.
1: Shall we go to this week's list? We shall. One, Rebecca, I'm so sorry that you ran out of gas due to a faulty gas gauge reading. I distinctly recall running out of gas during a summer when I was in high school and only a mile away from work. Noteworthy was that my chosen car, a 1974 Chevy Vega, was not one of GM's finest products. While Steve was reading cereal boxes as a youth, I was reading car magazines and chose this newfangled American-made small car instead of what would have been a much more reliable Toyota or Nissan. Rust? You bet. Engine rebuild? You bet. Its nickname? Oy Vega. <laughs> I love that. too, Rebecca, I have no doubt that when you had to put air in a tire due to the cold weather that you took the caps off of the valve stems before paying for the air and struggling with the co- coiled hose near several large pickup trucks. Since our cars also have tire pressure monitors, I have fallen out of a lifelong habit of checking the oil and tire pressures on the cars monthly. I'm going to try to get back into that habit, although it seemed much more important when we had two teen drivers and no tire pressure monitors years ago.
0: You know what? I've never even considered. Of course, you should check your tire pressure of monthly course. on occasion. You should. Right. you should just check
1: it. And log it into a small notebook that you keep. Well, you
0: don't have to log it, but you could, if you check it, you're like, oh, this one's a little bit low. I'll i Give it some air before it gets really cold out. I'm going to start doing that. Maybe not every month, Dr. Siegel, but I'm going to at least teach our children that they should,
1: But if you do, on
0: occasion, check the air pressure. If
1: you do log it, you will feel like the pilot of a Pan Am 747. Three, Steve, Carl Johnson's parents were good neighbors. You're right. There's not much reason to fret about a garage door or the side of a house when children are playing with balls. During a round of batting practice with tennis balls when my son was in Little League, he hit a hard rising line drive that shattered a second floor window of our house. He was scared. I was thrilled as I went to buy a new pane of glass to make the repair. (laughs) Dr. Siegel, writes Carl with a C. He would have no way of knowing this, but Carl Johnson spells his name with a K, thus his high school nickname, The K Train.
0: The K Train. The K
1: Train on our basketball team. Four, one viewer wisely advised us not to send our children abroad during college as they might marry someone from another country and settle there. Our daughter during college went abroad to Spain, and her first job after graduating from one of the Little Ivies was in Washington, D.C., with an international consulting firm. Fast forward a couple of years and she's traveling for work all over Europe, South Africa and South America and ultimately moved to London for several years where she met her husband. I'm glad to say that they're back in the States after having lived in London as newlyweds for a couple of years. Thus again, his continental seagulls of of any place on this great planet, Rebecca. Mm. Five, since I was born in 1957, I was around seven years old when the second James Bond movie, Goldfinger came out. I've grown up with the franchise, which will be 50 years old in 2022. I am a completionist as well, and even had a toy Aston Martin DB5, as pictured below, ordered, of course, from this year's catalog. Having now seen Spectre and No Time to Die, each for a second time, I have been able to figure out the plots, and by the way, both feature breathtaking international scenery so typical of the franchise, as well as the usual trickery and plot twists. It's funny he says that, because every Rockford Files episode, of Season 3 at least, uh I, I, the the plots are are almost incomprehensible even though four or five times during each episode there is a a great deal of of uh of narrative explanation recapping recapping precapping uh, even the whole episode entire episode is precapped before the op- the famous opening credits with with Jim's dictaphone answering machine and all that
0: Can I interrupt for a second Please um, and I don't want to get too personal, but I would. I'm interested to know um, why Doctor Siegel, as a kid, was so into cars. Why he was reading magazines? Like, was his dad a um, big car guy? Did they? You know, was he a mechanic? Like, um, I'm interested to know where this love of well, I mean, of cars it, came from. Because he said when you were reading cereal boxes as a boy, yeah. he was reading car magazines. I mean, so, if, if he's willing the, to share this, I would like this to this picture
1: that. he sent of the of the 007 Aston Martin DB5. Uh, a corgi my dad once brought home corgis from england when he was uh, on uh, in london for work 007 top secret uh sort of paperwork that came with it any any uh, kid i think would be fascinated by that but it's possible that dr siegel's dad but his, was
0: but he is he such an interest in automobiles i'm a I'm, uh, great question I'm curious where that stems from
1: Six, uh, penultimate point, six, baby count. One boy on Christmas Eve, quiet until Monday, 1227, with a boy and a girl so far. The boy arrived around 5.15 a.m., and your humble correspondent was awake from 3 a.m. until after delivery. Foolishly, of course, instead of catching a bit more sleep after the delivery, I went to the gym before the next delivery, which was later in the afternoon. A short afternoon nap had bolstered me to continue with my assigned correspondent duty tonight. On tap tomorrow, two scheduled repeat cesarean sections, a boy and a girl, I believe, and whatever else comes my way. So uh, a, a busy Christmas in the hospital. Was this Christmas like morning yours. that he was delivering and working? One out? boy on Christmas Eve, uh, quiet until Monday, twelve twenty-seven. So no Christmas sounds like. Wow. Uh, seven. Finally, speaking of Christmas traditions, no viewer corresponded about one that is certainly popular on Christmas Day for Jewish families: Chinese food in a movie. All the best, Gary. That is a grand Jewish Christmas tradition: Chinese takeout. Uh, Rebecca. So that's all we got. That's a lot. That's a lot. Thank you, Dr. Siegel. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Denny. Thank you, Julianne, our kid I reporter. Mean, our,
0: this is our first episode, or during episode 200, and this is our first episode of, for the kid correspondent. It's that's, amazing.
1: I, I love it. Love it. So we'll have to uh, get the assignment desk to, to send her another assignment. Until then.
0: Tom Dickhari.
3: Six of us and a family pet living in cuckoo nest Daily grind puts your sanity to a daily test Androgynous and figuus while well, we give for a little rest Stay by day just to keep it sane Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane